The views expressed on Teacher Vision are those of the interviewee and interviewer and do not represent Screenlance Allies as a whole. Hello, everyone. My name is Jose Briseño, welcoming you to episode number two bonus of Teacher Vision where everyone has a different vision of learning. And today, we're celebrating Teacher Vision's one-year birthday. A little bit late, but hey, better late than never, right? (laughs) Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how far Teacher Vision has come. On January 31st of last year, 2021, I decided to embark on this podcasting journey. However, before that, I actually did not ever think about making a podcast. In fact, I want to thank my good buddy, Edgar, who is behind the idea, along with Courtney Greer, teacher of the visually impaired that we had on the podcast itself for motivating me to do this, along with a couple of other people that I know I didn't mention y'all's names, but still, thank you very much for this idea. Before that, though, I want to go back. I want to go back 10 years ago. When my good buddy Edgar and I were high school students. Now, I bring him up a lot because, honestly, he was actually the first one that got into the podcasting venture. Out of the two of us, he had a little station called Real Random Radio. Of course, that no longer exists. And at one point, when we reconnected after a few years of absence, because of us not having internet connection to talk and not having social media, I then made me a Facebook and reconnected with him. And of course, you know, our friendship was intact. He then asked me, man, would you like to check out what we have to offer on Red Random Radio? And he sent me a link. And I thought it was pretty cool that he had a little podcast and he had demonstrations of technology as well. I never thought I would do this, but in 2012... In August, to be more specific, him and I got together and decided to do little streams like we were DJs. And at the time, one of the segments was to do technology news. (laughs) Compared to now, here's a little clip of what we were like 10 years ago, giving technology news about the iPhone 5 coming out. The iPhone 5 has been revealed. And, um, yep, it has, I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember which day that people were pre-ordering them on the, on the Apple website, and, uh, you can pre-order them, and I think next, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, they're gonna be in the Apple store, so if you wanna go check those out and maybe purchase one while you're there, it'll be a couple of bucks, though, about 500, no, not, not certain how much it would be, but, yeah, it's about couple bucks it's about like how much is it oh just a couple of bucks yeah it's just a couple of bucks a couple hundred you know yeah a couple of hundred a couple of thousand maybe you know yeah yeah you know yeah it costs (laughs) um i heard it's thinner right yep thinner i think a bigger screen not certain as to the new features or what other than than the appearance i'm not sure what else is new i do know that they're gonna go ahead and implant the 4g networks to the iphone yep that's correct and we hope that siri will stay with the iphone 5 but i'm not sure yet i haven't heard news about that real random radio kept evolving and over the years we got new recording equipment and this is how it sounded when we were giving technology news on the newer version of the keysoft they've also uh implemented the uh, powerpoint viewer feature so now you can view powerpoints on your brain i saw that uh, well, yep. hang on, man. Not PowerPoint Viewer. It's the PowerPoint in the web browser. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, basically what it what it does, it allows you to open your PowerPoints in the web browser. And you can view, like, <laughs> the very bad formatting that the Braille Note always, you know, it, it strips the formatting from certain documents. 
Oh, yeah. It says here on the email, and I have it pulled up, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it says, view your PowerPoint in a non-visual format. Uh-huh. Definitely. And, of course, non-visual meaning the format is just stripped and, the you know, the visual aspect of it does not appear on the Braille display. The formatting does sometimes interfere with uh, a blind person trying to read, you know, the actual content of the PowerPoint itself. But... You know, sometimes I, I I don't know. I guess the the formatting would indicate certain things. I'm not sure. Given that, we continued rerunning radio for about five years. And in 2016, we decided to shut down the station. Work and college got in the way. Later on, we were a little idle until one day I decided that I wanted to make some sort of website. Because at the time, people were talking to me about I should make blog posts over technology of some sort. Kind of like How To Geek, which, by the way, they have very great technology articles. So, almost two years ago now, I decided to work on a website, though I didn't have a name for it. Of course, I reached out to my friends for some suggestions, and at the end, Screenless Allies was born. At the time, it only had nothing but articles and technology reviews. But then, later on, my buddy Edgar told me, man, you have the voice for podcasting. Of course, a couple of other people have told me that, but coming from my best friend meant a lot. It was later justified by Courtney Greer, the TBI that I interviewed at the very beginning of the podcast. I want to thank her and Edgar for both honestly kind of pushing me (laughs) to doing this podcast. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. Because everyone and their mother has made a podcast of some sort. What would I talk about that other people might want to listen to? I decided to make my own little way of interviewing, and I decided to recruit teachers that work with the visually impaired at first. Because honestly, if it weren't for these teachers, we would not have known Braille. We would not have known technology. We would not have known at least the basics of navigation around the schools. So I decided as a thank you for these teachers... To make an interview where they shared their philosophies with us and why they teach how they teach. And thus, Teach a Vision was born January 31st of 2021. We started with Courtney Greer from Amarillo, Texas. For those people that don't understand what the heck this even means, how would you describe a Braille code? Is that something like cursive slash print? Because in print, you obviously have those two, cursive and print. Would you say that the Braille code is similar? Or would you say it describes the language of Braille? Or what, what is a Braille code? Can you describe that for us, please? Braille is literacy. For my students that are blind, that are Braille readers, Braille is absolutely literacy. Just like sighted people read books with their eyes, my students learn to read Braille tactily. And it is absolutely their key to literacy. The Braille code is one. It's not a single code. And it is complex. Imagine all of the letters of the alphabet built out of six dots, but that's just grade one brand. You go into contractions, whole words, punctuation, all of the symbols we use in print, there is an equivalent symbol for in Braille, but you only have six dots to work with. And the combination of those dots creates that literacy for individuals who are blind or visually impaired. Then we got two TVIs from Abilene, Texas. Sherry Lyon. Reading Braille is definitely a skill that you have to keep up to date or else after a couple of months or so, you know, as the saying goes, you don't use it, you lose it. Maybe to some students, if they don't see it after a couple of months, then they're going to be going, what are all these dots around this paper, you know? It's even important in the summer. A lot of our Braille kids, I don't think really 
have access to Braille during the summer. They're doing a lot of other things. They're not reading, but you know, it's kind of part of being a kid, I guess. But if I was a parent, I would definitely try to make sure my child was doing some reading during the summer. I had a student that commented to me one time, we went back to school, you know, end of August, these dots feel really funny under my fingers. And he had been reading Braille for probably four or five years. And then Don Stearns. What age range would you say you could start a student on a computer keyboard to actually just start typing? Well, I actually started in kindergarten with him and then he wasn't on my caseload for a couple of years. And so... Now we're back to it in third grade. But I would say as early as kids start going to the computer lab at their school, don't let them just listen to books, you know, put them on talking typer or some typing program so they can learn the keyboard skills just like their peers are doing. But after that, I wanted to do something a little bit more. I started presenting at Frank Phillips College in 2014, and I wanted to at least bring something to the podcast about my presentations and that I educate on blindness and visual impairments. Obviously, everyone has their own points of view, and I respect that, but I really wanted to bring mine as well. So last year, I asked permission in Miss Cheryl Webster's class to record the presentation. This is a slow voice, okay? I do not use this in that slow voice. I do not. Uh, I just, it's just too slow for me. So, I'm going to show you how fast I use this voice. That's how fast I typically use it. Ms. Webster, this is your favorite, this is her favorite part. I have a friend of mine. I have a friend who, who actually, you know, he, he, his name is Edgar. And um, he actually does not use it this fast. He goes faster than that. Anyone understand that? No? No? Yeah, that's how he browses the web, reads the book. Here, I'll never get the desktop. New folder. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah, and then I forgot to mention, too, he told me that I wasn't doing this right, so now I have to lower. There's also one thing that he also does. He lowers the voice pitch, too. And then after that, Teacher Vision got a little bit bigger in regards to interviews because then I wanted to get a point of view from other blind people as well. But not just any ordinary blind person. I wanted to see the ones that were successful and that struggled. I know, that sounds horrible, but I wanted to share their story. So that's how I got Miss Sonia Herrera, a blind mother of two children who has raised her kids. And she is totally blind. Here's a clip from that interview. Do you read them bedtime stories? Honestly, not like all the time. Usually for my culture as a Mexican, we just go to bed, say goodnight and do a prayer and that's it. We don't really yeah. do, you know, bedtime stories. Sometimes I do tell them stories, but not like from a book. And sometimes like he doesn't want to go to sleep and he tells me to tell him a story or to start counting numbers or doing the ABCs. But honestly, mm. like sitting and doing a bedtime story is not really like in our culture. The bedtime stories we have that we grew up with were La Llorona and El Cucuy. Yeah, like that was scary the... things. <laughs> that was, and trust me, if you did not fall asleep 
that was the story that they would tell you. Oh yeah, and you're just like, because <laughs> it never failed. Those stories are just scary as heck. Here's your blind parenting tip, courtesy of yours truly. If you want to put a kid to sleep, tell them those stories, and I promise you, in about five seconds, they will fall asleep. No questions asked. And then I decided, you know what? I need to get my good buddy Edgar up here, and. We need to do some sort of evolution episode of some sort. Originally, it was just going to be him and I. And then he said, we ought to bring someone else to the table and make it a little bit of a round table. So we brought Mariah into the picture. All three of us were childhood friends. We actually all hung out in 2009 when all three of us were in a radio camp, funnily enough. But Mariah and I go way back to when I was nine years old. And this was the result. I could not listen to music. I was not allowed to download any music onto it. <laughs> I could. Yeah, yeah. You brag all you want. <laughs> I had an Empower in 2004. Okay, so yeah, that was when the my... Empower came out in 2004. Yeah, so I had an Empower, and I love that thing. It did everything I needed it to do. I thought infrared embossing was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Guys, it had cereal ports. Oh, Excuse me, like, yeah. mine had like, the parallel. Yeah, mine oh, had parallel. God. Oh gosh, the parallel port. Oh my god! You guys remember the yeah, the parallel port and the compact flash card, which mm-hmm. you would find on PDAs. No, no, but... no, 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 no. PC MCIA. Oh, now we're going oh. back even <laughs> yeah. more. The PC. Yep. The PC. <laughs> that was where the concise Oxford Dictionary and Thesaurus was installed for that oh thing. Oh my god, man! I used to have a lot of fun looking up words that I had no business looking up in the dictionary just because I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like I had, I had a dictionary at my fingertips. I wanted to go bigger, and I realized that I had a connection with somebody that revolutionized the music industry for the blind and visually impaired. That person, Mr. Bill McCann from Dancing Dots. How would you say? Music production software in general has evolved over the years since you founded Dancing Dots. Setting aside the question of accessibility, it's developed a great deal. You can now buy for a few thousand dollars a computer and some gear and software, and you have almost unlimited number of tracks. You have all kinds of digital effects that you can add to your recording. A lot of people don't know it, but the Beatles made a record called Sgt. Pepper, Mm-hmm. They made it on a four-track tape recorder. Oh, wow. Four tracks. And, that, <laughs> and it sounds great. The machines and the time and the engineering that made that happen, they spent a lot of money. Even in 60s dollars, I don't even know, but let's say maybe they spent 50000 or $100,000 or more. You can get better than that now by spending two or $3,000. Maybe you're going to spend some money for training, but you know, you have an unlimited number of tracks. Right. You have all kinds of effects that they never even dreamed of. So a lot of that has come a long way. And a lot of the records you hear on radio are not made in big studios anymore. They're made in people's bedrooms or a spare room or you know, the garage. The in, in, in the yeah. garage in my situation. To this day, Teachavision is still small. But honestly, to the people that listen to us, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to listen to Teachavision wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple whether it's Google, whether it's Spotify, even if you copy it into a podcast or listen to it from the website that we publish some through, which is anchor.fm, by the way. Thank you, every one of you, for listening to the podcast. Thank you to the people that motivated me to start this podcast. I know I have not been the best at trying to keep up with episodes on a weekly basis, but I do try my best. Last year, I definitely had a three-month hiatus due to personal reasons, but it feels really good to finally have Teacher Vision 
going constantly. And I hope to continue growing it this year. If you have not already, please share the podcast with your friends and your family. If you have ideas of how to improve the podcast, please let me know. You can do so by emailing info at screenlessallies.com, S-C-R-E-E-N-L-E-S-S-A-L-L-I-E-S.com. Or you can message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash screenlessalliesofficial. We will try our best to keep up with messages and emails. You never know what we'll have in store for you. On behalf of myself, thank you for listening to Teacher Vision. Vision.